What's happening, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Crossed Up. Anthony Sanfilippo is here. I'm Bob Wankel. And Anthony, we're heading into the All-Star break. Uh, it was a, a nice surge through the month of June, and certainly in Tampa for this Phillies team. We're talking last week about, wow, look at this, 90-win pace. They're rolling. And then, you know, things get off to a great start down in Miami on Friday night. The Christian Pache home run, and you know, that was about it. You know, Saturday, Sunday roll around. Phillies don't have much life offensively. Starting pitching was kind of uh, suspect, I think is probably a fair fair word to use. And then the Phillies kind of ended the first half on a little bit of a thud. Uh, and, and I think that the way that you look at this thing right now, it just depends on what type of person you are. I think if you're someone that can take a deep breath and look at the big picture, you say that they're essentially in playoff position. I know they're now a half game out of the third wild card spot. But more or less, they're where they need to be, especially with the advantageous second-half schedule. But if you're someone that lives in the moment, you're probably saying to yourself, this is the team that you were chasing. You had a miraculous win on Friday night, and then that's what you get. That's what you bring to the table for those final two games, and you lose that series to a team that you're better than? Come on, man. So I'll ask you, where are you at as we roll into this all-star break here? You know, I'm more of the long view guy, right? And 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 so I, I look at the first half of this season and I say, although the start of April wasn't good, the month on the whole, they, were, they had a winning record. June was fantastic. July so far has been decent. May was the killer. And that's really what it comes down to. So they've had two good months. Well, one good month, one very good month, one terrible month and one month that we'll, we'll see what happens after the all-star break. I think that that's fine. I think it's okay. Like, yeah, of course you want to see them win at least two of the two out of three against the Marlins, but can you could just as easily, if you want to look at it from a more optimistic view, say they went down and played two good teams in Florida and came home four out of six. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Um, I'm not trying to hide concerns. I do think there are some things to be, you know, concerned about, but I think that every team has things to be concerned about. And that's part of the fun with following the team all year long. You're always going to have, you know, guys who are hot and you talk about how awesome they're playing. And then you have guys who are struggling and you talk about how much they suck. And, and it's usually somewhere in the middle on both ends. Right. And I think that that's what the Phillies are right now. Um, I would have rather they came into the all-star break, you know, with a couple more wins. It didn't have to necessarily be against the Marlins, just overall. I would have rather they came in with a couple more wins, but this isn't a bad spot to be. And and I think that that's why I, I'm, I'm more confident than and, and optimistic than not. I think you hit the nail on the head when you say going into this week, would you have, would you have accepted a four and two week against the Rays and the Marlins on the road? They've played a ton of road games, and I, and you have to acknowledge that, I think. Just the, the toll that being away from home, being on the road for extended periods of time, 51 road games thus far. Uh, and we, we've noted on this show that they will play almost exclusively at home in the month of August. So when you look at it, you'll, you'll say to yourself, okay, I'll, I'll sign up for 4-2 and two against the, the Rays and Marlins. At the same time, you look at these six games – and, and the Phillies, I tweeted this during the middle of the game yesterday. The Phillies have a unique way of, of getting you aggravated, though, uh, despite, ha- you know, despite the acknowledgement that overall this is trending in the right direction. I mean, you think about these six games that they played, and how many games did the offense really show up? 
I would say one. I would say the the Wednesday night game in Tampa where they put up the eight runs. But in the opener, Aaron Nola won that game. Uh, certainly in the, the the third game where they complete the sweep, it takes them until, what, the 11th inning to get the, the second and third runs on the board. Uh, so the offense does nothing in that game. Offense was absent on, on Friday night, and minus Christian Pache hitting an improbable two-run pinch hit homer. And then Saturday, Sunday, just nothing. I mean, they scored 10 runs over three games against a good Marlins pitching staff. Like, let's acknowledge that. But if you're someone that's still sort of treading through the season, trying to figure out how you should feel about this team, I understand it. And I understand it because they just don't hit with any consistency. Like, when will this team finally get into a six, seven game stretch where they just beat you over the head with the offense? And they just, they should be able to do it and they can't do it. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, Bob. Like, I, you're, you're right, and I, I understand. I completely understand the the frustration and the aggravation with with them not hitting. I, I guess I'm more of the type of person who would rather look back and say, "All right, I'll judge now at the end," as opposed to judging along the way. Because, I like, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there have been guys who've beginning of the season we were not excited about who at this point, are really strong contributors for this team. Taiwan Walker, for example, and Craig Kimbrell, for example. Um, like, so you think about it, like, you know, there was a point in May, like two months ago, where we were thinking Walker is going to be a bust, Kimbrell is, has nothing left, and then two months later, Kimbrell's an all-star and Walker's won 10 games, right? Like, it, it, it baseball is the kind of sport where that kind of stuff can change that quickly. And so I think you look at the guys who are underperforming and you can, here's the way, the positive of it, you're where you are in the standings and, and at, you have the record that you have without Kyle Schwarber hitting without Trey Turner hitting without Bryce Harper hitting for power um, with Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler being less than normal, like being very inconsistent. Um, with injuries in the, in the bullpen, like Alvarado hurt again. Um, Christopher Sanchez has to be a savior for you in your rotation, right? At, at, at you know, the last four starts that he's had. So this is, and yet you're still there. And so when you think about it in that from that perspective, you have to say these guys should be themselves by the end of the year. And and so if that's the case then you expect the second half to be significantly better. Now, if you're, if we go two months from now and we're asking the same questions that we're asking right now, then I think the frustration and the concern are, you know, a thousand percent correct. In a lot of ways, this team is much different from the ones that we saw in 19, 20 and 21 that fell short in that they were so top heavy. Your yeah. best players had good seasons, but you you got no supporting help. There was no supporting cast that made a meaningful difference for those teams. It was like everything just sort of fell off a cliff once you got past the best eight or nine players. This team, it's almost like the inverse. You're getting those contributions from Bryson Stott, the players that you mentioned, the Taiwan Walkers. And don't get me wrong. I mean, there was expectations for Bryson Stott to a degree. You paid Taiwan Walker $72 million over four years. I don't want to say that he's a, a, a total surprise here, but you're getting it from that, that meat of the roster. You're not getting it, though, from the cream of the roster. And you actually beat me to the exercise I wanted to perform. And you named the exact five names that I, I have written down here. Turner, Schwarber, Harper, Nola, Wheeler. 
there's enough of a track record there where I guess you assume that they will bounce back in the second half and that they will play better down the stretch as these games become more meaningful. They are big-time players. They're spotlight players. I think I'm with you on that, but we are more than halfway through this season, and I do wonder, at least on an individual basis, if there's a true reason to be concerned about the struggles that we've seen. Like, I'll play devil's advocate here, and let me just ask you this. Is it is it unreasonable that, that Trey Turner might just be having one of those years and it's just going to continue that way, much the way that it happened with Nick Castellanos last year where he just kind of kept waiting and waiting and it, it never happened? Is it possible that Kyle Schwarber is going to hit 185 for the Phillies? Because he can't hit left-handed pitching. He's been overwhelmed by it at times. And he he honestly, like, I know his value offensively, and I think that when it's all said and done, he'll probably end up with OPS around 800. But when you look at the defense, you look at the batting average of strikeouts, in, in a lot of ways, he's been terrible. Um, is it unreasonable to think that he's more or less just does what he did in the first half, and is that enough? Is it reasonable to think that Bryce Harper doesn't hit more than 10 home runs this season? Like, Does Bryce Harper have more than seven home runs in him based on what we've seen over the last 40 days? I, I don't know. And Aaron Nola and, and, and Zach Wheeler, I, I guess just based on, on how they throw the ball, I have more trust that Wheeler will be more like himself in the second half, but he hasn't been very good. If Zach Wheeler, if Aaron Nola gave you the Zach Wheeler start on Friday night, we'd be all over him for that. You know, like it wasn't a great start. And then Aaron Nola goes out on Sunday and, and has off of his best start, his worst start, or one of them. I, I, maybe like this is just what it is this year. So I don't know, man. Like I think that they're in better shape than than the record indicates. But, I, you know, these guys got to play. Yeah, I, and, and I think when, it, you know, I don't think everything can be that bad for that long. Right. I, I don't think I think maybe one or two of those might be true. My, the concerns that you just identified and one person I think we've left off this list and they shouldn't they shouldn't get uh, looked over for not performing up to, up to their capabilities is real Muto real Muto sure. is the sixth the sixth name on that list um, but yeah I mean you know that's a concern to me too Bob I mean but I, I gotta believe just from watching baseball long enough and seeing second halves be different than first halves, especially with guys who have a track record that at least a couple of these guys will get to where they need to go. They may not all get there. And your some of the concerns you have could a thousand percent come true and be like, Oh man, what a down year for Trey Turner. Oh man. Aaron Nola can't get his ERA under four gives up 40 home runs this year. Right. I mean, these things can happen, you know, but at the same time, like you said, maybe Zach Wheeler finds it and has a dominant second half. Maybe once Schwarber goes into the DH role and isn't playing, doesn't have to play left field. Maybe he gets, you know, gets a few more opportunities to hit. That he could concentrate on those opportunities to hit and and you know raises the average by twenty five points and gets to that forty home run plateau again and gives you basically the same production he gave you last year. You know, so maybe you're probably not going to have all positives, but you're probably also going to not have all negatives. And I think that that's. Probably why, you know, you say somewhere in the middle is still good enough to get in. I think I'm actually more confident. It's weird, especially after this past weekend. I'm, I'm still more confident that the pitching finds its level in Nolan Wheeler because I've at least seen at times this season 
these guys go out and deliver the way that they're, they're capable of. Like we just saw Aaron Nola win a game against one of the best teams in baseball. And I know they're slumping right now, but he won a game against one of the best teams in baseball by throwing one of his best starts in his professional career. I just saw it. It, it happened less than a week ago as we're recording this. And, and Zach Wheeler, again, there's been a little bit of an up and down to his season, but we've seen him look like Zach Wheeler. We've seen the velocity play at the levels we're accustomed to. There's been dips, there's been inconsistencies, but I've seen it from him. Let me ask you this offensively. There's a, a notion kind of floating around out there right now that Kyle Schwarber getting off of his feet every day and becoming the DH, what he, which is what he was supposed to be when he signed here. There's this idea, and I know Nick Castellanos is a figure, uh, you know, uh, you know, right. figured into that DH picture as well. Is there something to be said for getting him off of his feet because I still speculate that there may be something going on with him physically. So that could potentially give him a boost or a jolt. But then in the same breath, getting Bryce Harper off of the bench and out of the DH role and engaging him more on a on a minute-to-minute basis might actually provide a boost for him. Now, we saw Bryce Harper contribute at a high level as a DH in the postseason last year. So I'm not going to just make an excuse and say because Bryce Harper's not playing the field, he's not himself. But I do wonder, for a player that that wants to be out on the field, if that's going to do something for him. Yeah, well, let's let's look at that just for a second, Bob, because you're on to something with, with Harper, and it's this. Yeah, he was he was engaged and awesome in the playoffs. But if you're not engaged in the playoffs, then you shouldn't be in the major leagues. Right. So of course he's, he's like hanging on pitch, every pitch sitting there, you know, even though he's the DH in the slog of 162 game season, it's a lot easier to get into your own head after a bad at bat when you're going to sit there for a half hour before you have an opportunity to do anything involved in that game again. And I think that that's where the frustration mounts for Harper. I think he's a player who needs to be more involved to be better. If you look at his numbers as a designated hitter in the last two years, combine, you know, after the elbow injury last year, regular season, and – this year, since he's been back, I, I I don't have them up in front of me, but I bet if we pulled them up really quick, it's it's not good, no. right? I mean, it's it's just not Bryce Harper, and so when you see him say something like, "Oh, I got to get back to being myself," well, that's great, but I think it's more of the of the this is the mental game of baseball is what Bryce is 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 going through right now, and well, we I think know that the that's, personality. That's what we it know- is. We know the personality, so humor me for a moment. He comes up and he hits a ball in the screws and, you know, falls 10 feet short of the fence. And and we've seen this a lot with him where he'll square up a ball and it just doesn't have the same get up that that maybe it, it normally would or, or whatever. You know, and then again, he's still producing, he's still getting timely hits. He's still helping, you know, pass the baton, I guess. But do you think that he goes to the plate and the home run doesn't happen or the power doesn't happen. And then for the next 50 minutes, he's thinking about that. And he's thinking, yeah. man, it's been 
a game. It's been 10 games. It's been 20 games. It's been three weeks. It's been four weeks. I mean, I got to imagine that it's like as, as this gap between his last home run continues to widen, I feel like he probably presses, presses, tightens, tightens. Like, I, I know the personality. I know how he is. I almost feel like that at least getting him into the field, there'll be a little bit of an outlet for some of this angst and some of this frustration. And and maybe that kind of relaxes him a little bit. I, I, I kind of just almost hope that getting him back onto the field is some of an, it's a little bit of like a way for him to blow off some steam. It's like an outlet for some of this pent up frustration that he's, he's clearly experiencing. Yeah, I do. I, I think that, and you know, it's funny, we, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit, um, you know, during this, during this stretch, like in Tampa, especially, um, you know, he was kind of going through it a little bit against, uh, uh, against the Rays and, you know, the team's getting all fired up. They're all excited for those wins, right. And how they're playing and, you know, Matt Strom's getting out of the inning and he's fired up and, you know, all the good things that happen in that series. And Harper just looks annoyed. He looks frustrated. He looks disengaged and, you know, we can't sit here and say with certainty that that was the case. That's just a, that's just our impression of looking at it. And it, it's it's got to like he's got to feel like he's not contributing to the team's success in the way that he wants to. Because I mean, obviously, he is still contributing. Um, he's still you know he's still getting on base. He's still got a decent batting average. He's just not hitting the home runs and. So I think that that's that's what's really eating at him. And so, you know, when when you look at it from that perspective, it's like if he could just get his head right, then maybe we will see the Bryce Harper that we all know he can be. And until that time, he's talented enough to give you what he's giving you and still, you know, provide something, even if it's less than what he's used to. But that's not may not be good enough for what the Phillies ultimately need. And in order to get him to that point, he needs to just be out there, be out there more. Look, he's still going to DH games. It's not like he's going to once he gets to first base that he's going to play every game the second half of the season at first base. He's still going to DH some games. They're not going to make him play all those games in a row at first base. But I do think it will help, even if he's even if it's three to four games a week. I think it will help. And, and he'll feel a lot better about himself and probably get a little bit more production um, in, in that regard as well. So we'll see where this lands. I, I think we're, we're planning to do about a half hour show. Maybe it goes a, a couple minutes over today. And just so you guys know, that as, you're, as you're listening here, the thought is that the, the show Friday, because we're going to record twice between, uh, you know, the all-star break, the show will be more of a look ahead on Friday into what to expect in the second half, the trade deadline, what will the Phillies do? But there are a few things that I want to talk about that are a little bit more immediate and uh, certainly, I think, reason for concern, actually. And the first has to do with Jose Alvarado. We find out over the weekend that Jose Alvarado is back on the injured list, and Right now, the messaging from the Phillies and, and from Jose Alvarado is, listen, not overly concerned. It's all good. Uh, you know, I, he's, the velocity is still there. He's just kind of had a little bit of a difficulty in between his appearances, recovering. There's a little bit of discomfort, but he's still able to go out there, let it rip 100 miles an hour. That's all fine and well. But he's now been on the injured list two times in basically a five-week stretch. So... 
are you concerned about that? Because I think that, that you probably, you probably are to at least some degree. And, you know, we've been talking all year and gushing about this bullpen and when it, and the, you know, protecting leads and when it matters. And if they're using their best guys and getting some length out of the rotation, watch how good this bullpen's going to be. But now you have Alvarado down again. Sir Anthony Dominguez is still not back. Like, are we looking at a second half where a strength of this Phillies team in the first half might not be a strength in the second half? I'm not going to go that far, and I'll tell you why. It's because I believe that one of the things that Dave Dombrowski and his staff are going to address at the trade deadline is the bullpen. I think that they realize that they are built to compete in short series in the playoffs and they don't want to put themselves at risk with guys who maybe have had some injuries this year. Obviously Alvarado twice now being on the IL Um, Dominguez, his his stay on the IL has been a little bit longer. Um, You know, Bilotti was not that he's a a back of the rotation, back of the uh, bullpen guy, but he was on the IL this year. Um, You know, you don't want to get to a point where, you got a, a guy or two not available and then your bullpen is really thin because you can't overuse Craig Kimbrell and you can't overuse Gregory Soto. So I do think that he's going to address the bullpen, at least with one more back of the bullpen type arms. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's two with the other one being a middle relief type guy, just so they have the depth to go into the playoffs and, and not feel like they're in the same situation where they were a year ago where Alvarado was really the only guy who you really felt comfortable about coming into a game. Robertson was shaky. Eflin was shaky. I guess Ranger Suarez, if you were putting him in out there to close a game, okay, fine. But other than that, like the, the relievers last year, Brogdon was okay in the World Series, but they, they really didn't have a bunch of guys. And I think they want to have a bunch of guys. And so if they don't do anything, you asked me the same question on August 2nd, and they haven't addressed the bullpen then yeah then i would be concerned that maybe what was a strength early is now no longer a strength but i'm i'm of the mindset that they're going to address the bullpen at the deadline and keep it a strength and maybe even make it a better strength for that matter it's interesting because when you look at this team and where everything sits at the all-star break you don't know what you're truly relying on moving forward i believe that they are a playoff team I commend their ability to get up off the mat after a difficult start and put themselves within strike. I don't even want to use the word striking distance. They're right there in their half game off. So while I acknowledge, Hey, nice job to a degree. I also don't know. And I think that this is where a lot of fans are at. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show, which is like, I don't know how to feel about this team sometimes because when you look at the individual parts, and even if you go by unit, what is the thing that has been consistent that you truly feel good about? And even when the numbers weren't great, I've never really wavered on the bullpen. The only time that I've really had any questions about the bullpen this year was when Craig Kimbrell was going through some struggles in high leverage spots. And now he's been awesome. Now, is he going to regress a little bit in the second half? Yeah. I mean, maybe not in terms of ERA, but just from what we've seen the last six weeks, there's probably going to be a step back. He's probably going to have a hiccup or two at some point. 
But I just think that there's enough depth there. There's enough versatility there that I like this bullpen a lot. And it's probably been the one thing since the start of the year up until this point that I felt steady about. It hasn't gotten too high. It hasn't gotten too low. Nothing else has that same steadiness. This lineup has been extraordinarily volatile. You know, there's there's little quick little spurts, and then it, it there's these stretches where they just do not hit. The rotation was dreadful. Then it was awesome in June. And now, yeah, you know, the calendar's to July, and there's some questions. We've seen one good one from Aaron Nola, one bad one. We saw Zach Wheeler kind of okay. Ranger Suarez has not been very good in July. Tyon Walker wasn't great against the Rays, but stabilized, gave him seven innings. Like, I don't know. I don't know for sure that this rotation's going to continue to be a top seven rotation in the second half. The bullpen is the one thing all along I felt good about. And now there are some injury concerns, and I do think it would be wise for the Phillies to address it because they're going to need this bullpen to be a strength. They don't hit enough, and they don't hit consistently enough to blow leads. They just don't. They, they have to win the games they lead late. They don't have the luxury of pissing these games away. I agree with you completely. I think that the bullpen is the, is the one consistent, and it's been consistent since mid-April, right? In the beginning of the, beginning of the year, it was not good. Um, they all struggled really off the, off the top, except for Alvarado. Um, and Kimbrell took a little bit longer to kind of get going. He got kind of started ramping up in early May, but on the whole, the bullpen has been very good. I mean, just the other night, I guess when Marte gave up that one run, that was the first run they had allowed in 26 innings, which was, I think the third longest stretch in franchise history of, of shutout baseball for a bullpen. And that may not um, have happened had they had Jose Alvarado because then they would have gone to likely Soto or Alvarado in that spot against Arias. But they couldn't because Kimbrell was probably going to be down because it would have been the third straight game he had to throw. So it's kind of right. ironic that that injury right away likely had an impact on what transpired in that game. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're, you're a thousand percent correct. And, and that's and that's the thing. And so but, you know, we could sit here and, and parse that any way we want. The reality is, is it's the bullpen is is the one consistent. The one thing that has been consistent the longest for this team this year. And I and I do believe it'll still be consistent going forward. Again, I think there might be new pieces involved and other people are going to be part of that that bullpen. But I, I do think that. It's the one area of, of real strength for this team, and they're going to rely on it a lot, especially when the games get really, you know, tight and and impactful later this this season. Uh, I'm going to ask you one quick question. It's almost like a, a tease for Friday, but mm -hmm. you look at this roster, and and let's say that Jose Alvarado is still on the 26 man, even though he's not currently on the 26 man. Yeah. Come August 15th. How many new players that are not currently here right now are on this team? What date? August 15th. Which, for all intents and purposes, is basically August 2nd. Well, I'll say from outside the organization, four. Okay. Four. Now, I, th I, th I think they're going to. I don't even care who they are. Let's see. No, that. no. Yeah, okay. But then the question becomes this which four players on this 26 man roster aren't going to be here? 
Well, I mean, I think it's I think it's easy out of the bullpen. I think Covey is the the first first and foremost, right? I think yeah. he's the he's the automatic. Um, and then likely, I think that whoever the next uh, you know next reliever that's not pitching up to snuff at that point, whoever that might be. I mean, I I think you're looking at probably you know is it Jeff Hoffman. Is it is Bellotti go go back down again? Is well, Mark, I'm going to just assume that Alvarado becomes for for right now. Alvarado is likely to become either Hoffman, Marte, or Bellotti. Right, so one, of one of them. Yeah, yeah, it's one of them. The interesting thing is the guys on the, in the. No, forget the, about Dominguez because he's got to come back too. So yeah, yeah, that bullpen situation gets very. Well, I don't think it's hard. I think that I think that they're tough decisions, but I think that that they're good decisions. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. Right, it's a good problem to have. I guess the the the, the thought that I'm having as to um, the 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 hitters, I think that's where it gets interesting, because I think if I'm pulling two guys off this roster right now, I would think one is Derek Hall, and I think the other one is a toss up. But I'm still leaning towards Sosa staying and Harrison going. Yeah. But Sosa has to give you a little bit more. Hey, homered yesterday. I mean, that's yeah, I, I know, I know. It was good. It was good to see. But his at bats are not very good. I don't think he's as good a third baseman as they make it out to be. I think he's a very good shortstop, and I think he's a val- he's, he brings value as a base runner. I think he's a good base runner. But that's really all he can provide for you at this point. Any offense you get is gravy. Um, I mean, a- I actually – I don't think that this – like, I, I just look at where he's at and his contract. I mean, he goes into his second year of arbitration next year. He's younger than Harrison. Yeah. Harrison yeah. has no future here beyond this year if, if he lasts the year. I just don't I, – I don't know. I, I just think it's very clearly Josh Harrison, and I – we had this conversation in the press box before a game, uh, what, last last weekend when the Phillies were at home against the Nationals. And some people like Josh Harrison much more than, than you and I do in terms of just the, <laughs> the player on the field right now, this season. Uh, right. Nothing against, nothing against him in general. Uh, I just think it's a no-brainer. And I agree with you that Derek Halls is not long for this team. And I know we touched on that last week. But I think that those are the two most obvious candidates. And, and I don't think that there's even a, a someone that's – within within the conversation is the third player there yeah yeah hey by the way while we were sitting here if you guys might be see me sitting down um, writing and adding and doing stuff uh i was we were talking about that harper thing between the, from the from the first game that he started dh'ing last year not including the playoffs and through what he's played so far this year he's had 632 plate appearances 20 home runs yeah just 81 or 81 RBI. He's not been productive. He gets on base, got 297 batting average. Uh is on base is like three three seventy-six, I think it is. Um, so like he's he's getting on base and he's you know helping, but he's not doing what you're expecting him to do as far as being the run producer that he is. Might might make an interesting scenario in the second half if he if he doesn't come out. Once he starts playing in the field and start being that guy, I'm curious to see if they make a change with where he's at in the lineup. Yeah, like time to hit him lead off because it's just it's 
just insanely obvious at this point? Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it really is. Yeah. It really is. I, I know like, that a lot of people keep trotting out, though. They win with Kyle Schwarber in the leadoff spot. Like, that's fine. And maybe there's something to comfort and feel. And granted, he has hit numerous leadoff home runs this season. I'm sorry. There's just nothing about it in terms of baseball sense that, that says that Kyle Schwarber should hit leadoff. I know he gets on base. Mm-hmm. But he gets on base enough to offset a just a, a hideous batting average. It's not like he's it's not like he's got a three ninety on base percentage here. I, I agree. So, I agree. I mean, I know it's a, a separate conversation, but yeah, like you almost do wonder if you get two more weeks into this thing and there's just no power whatsoever. But he's walking at a high rate. He's still hitting around two ninety three hundred. See, Bryce, like we don't think that you are a leadoff hitter for the rest of your career, but what you are right now screams leadoff hitter on a team that does not have a leadoff hitter. Yeah. And he'd be a very good leadoff hitter. He'd be a very good leadoff hitter because he takes a lot of pitches and finds ways to get on base. Like he, you know, he runs the bases aggressively. I won't say well, because I think sometimes he's over aggressive, but he runs the bases aggressively. So yeah, I, I think Harper should be that's I mean, look, unless he's like I said, like you said, unless he gets um, some power, you know, generated here in the first two weeks after the all-star break, I think it's something that they should really consider come August. So first baseman. So let me rewind to 2019. <laughs> and I say, Hey, Phillies were the national league champs in 22. Yeah. And then in 23, he's going to work himself back. Uh, and he's going to be f- playing first base for you and hitting lead off. And you would have said, what the hell? <laughs> what <laughs> happened? What, what happens? happens, what happens Harper, baseball? 300 hitting, slap hitting, hustle double first baseman? <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course. Of course. Hey, there's just one thing. I mean, I know we mentioned Nola Wheeler, and, and I'll tell you, there is some, there are some numbers with Nola that make zero sense to me. Like 21 home runs allowed at the All-Star break? Well, that's certainly ridiculous. <laughs> certainly ridiculous. You should not have that many. But tie that in, Bob, with having a, one of the top 10 uh, on-base percentage against yeah. in the sport. He's better than Otani. He's better than um, Stroman. He's better than Gosman. Like all these people that they're talking about like as, oh, the early Cy Young candidates. He's better than all of them, but yet gives up all those runs because of the home runs. He he leads major leagues in outs recorded as a pitcher. Yeah. It's fascinating. Like these things should not be the same. They should not be in the same conversation. It should not be the same pitcher. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we've talked I'm about just, a lot. Just, Batting average against is low. The whip is low. He's throwing like, the second most innings out of anybody in baseball. Like there's so many good things here. Uh, but you which, know, which is so what I guess the question to you is. Which one can this a can this sustain at no. this pace over the course of the year, or does one of the two have to change? I think one of the two has to change. Right. Uh, I think that either the numbers fall in line with the ERA, or the ERA falls in line with the peripherals and the secondary numbers. It's right. Just, and if it doesn't, or if they don't, then I think you get to this offseason and say this might be one of the most confounding seasons, start to finish, from a pitcher ever. Um, ever. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's, let's put a cap on it right there. Um, I guess you want to do a one last thing if you have one here. I I do just a brief, brief, brief. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We talked about the, um, 
we talked about the uh, uh, the ultimate grid uh, last yeah. week, right? The fun yeah. game. Uh, Anthony Jr. Po- uh, pointed me on to another one that uh, John Boy Media actually puts out, and they do it on YouTube. And they, they did it originally to, just like to kind of help baseball reference, like, um, you know, pump to pump up stat head on baseball reference. And it became so popular, they're now doing it like three times a week. Have you seen Ref Guess? Do you know what this is? I have not. No. Okay. Look at when you get a chance to everybody go on, you know, YouTube or you can even do it on Twitter. They do it on Twitter too. It's called ref guess R E F like baseball reference and guess G U E S S. And the prep, what they do is they have three rounds and they'll an easy, a medium and a hard. And what they do is they show you somebody's baseball reference page, but just the stats. So you don't see any, where, you know, anything about them other than their stat page. And then you have to see if you if you get the, the easy one right, you move on to medium. If you get the medium right, you move on to hard. And if you get the hard one right and you're still tied, then there's like a tiebreaker trivia question I at like the that. end. It's awesome. Like I was so, – we went down a rabbit hole yesterday watching – like we must have watched like eight episodes with all the – and it was great. I, I'll be honest. I got every easy. I got all but one medium. And the hards are freaking hard. But I got a few. I got a few of them. There's probably no chance I would get the hards based on my uh, well, no, you don't know. my immaculate grid success. Well, no, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. And you may. But you may be good at this, Bob, because you know how what a baseball reference page looks like. Sure. So it shows you the years. It shows you the teams that they played for. It shows you their stats and the positions that they play is all the, all the way on the right-hand side. Right? So you could look at all these. And you could kind of infer or at least say, all right, who who had that 30 home run year for the Cubs in 2011? Like, you know, who like the one of the ones I did not get was a Mark DeRosa because I didn't know he I don't remember him having power with the Cubs, but he did. You know, it's like I was guessing like I think that I compared him to Mark Grizzolanic. That My guess was Mark Grizzolanic and I got it wrong. Um, but it was like, oh, man, I can't believe that that was DeRosa. But it's a lot of fun. I I. I recommend that more than the Immaculate Grid. I Actually, think I, I feared yeah. playing this game because if I don't have success with it, it's going to make me start really questioning what's going on with myself. As somebody that grew up loving baseball, watched every team play in the 90s, played all the video games in the 90s with all the different teams, all the different players, it covered the sport, covers the sport still to a degree now, has a baseball podcast, and and I just I feel like there's just this whole gap in my memory. I, if you would have given me a, an immaculate grid 20 years ago, I could have filled it out eight different ways. Yeah. And and yeah. now I'm like, oh, oh yeah, he played for the twins, you know? So yeah, well, yeah. I have to give that a, I'll have to give that a look and hopefully I have a little bit more, a little bit more luck with it. Yeah. I think, I think you'll, I think you'll appreciate this more than a Mac because immaculate grid, you're kind of forced to rack your brain for, for random players, right? At least this, there is a, there yeah, is something that did this. Yeah. It's, it's this player. It's yeah. only one player. Yeah. It's not trying to think of one that you know that fits up that fits a a uh, description. Sure. It's, it's yeah. this is a player. So I think that I think that you would appreciate it. And you would enjoy it. And they put it out on Twitter too. Um, so just uh, if, you, if you get a chance, check them out. I, I think it's a, I think it's a fun little baseball game. All right, we'll take a look at it. Okay, so for Anthony Sanfilippo, I'm Bob Wankel. Uh, we will be back on Friday morning as the Phillies uh, get started with their second-half schedule to play the Padres uh, this upcoming weekend at Citizens Bank Park. Four-game series, is that right, Anthony? A 
four game series, a double header on Saturday. Double header, yeah. A scheduled double header yeah. on Saturday. That's fun. All right. So we'll get you set for the second half, get you set for that series on Friday. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure. By the way, did you see before you, before you cut us off, before you yeah. do the final thing, did you see the rotation that they decided to go with? Yeah. And, and, and actually, and I meant to talk about this. And, and, does, that, and does that surprise, and does, and does it surprise you at all? Yeah. You know what? Damn it. We should, we should have talked about this much earlier. Um, Yes, it does surprise me because it just screams lack of urgency again. The Padres are a team that are still in knocking distance, and if they have a good weekend in Philly, it could get real weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, But given what we just talked about with Aaron Nola, it's almost like, hey, there seems to be a glitch in the system. Let's restart the computer. Let's unplug everything. And, and we're going to wait and count to 30, and then we're going to plug it back in. It's like the Xfinity uh, tech advice. Let's, <laughs> let's unplug Aaron Nola for 10 days or whatever it amounts to, eight days, whatever it is. And we'll see you against the Brewers, and hopefully you work the way you're supposed to when we plug you back in. That's my interpretation of this. Yeah, I'm a little surprised with Sanchez throwing the first game. Yeah. I yeah. kind of thought he would be in the doubleheader. Yeah. And then because the way that the off days go, you wouldn't need him for another week until another Saturday game, which is, like, I think, is if I remember correctly, is against the Nationals. So, like, you, it, there was, like, a lot of weaker opponents yeah. coming out of this pitching him pitching on Saturday. By him pitching Friday, he's going to get better opposition over the course of this, of this thing. He's going to have to pitch against the Brewers, right? I mean, I think it's – I was a little, little surprised. I'll just be yeah. honest. I, I, I'm curious to see how this plays out. Very much so. All right. All right. Well, that you're, uh, no, good, good, good call out, actually. I just wish we would have done it 20 minutes ago. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter. It shows at Up Phillies. You can follow Anthony at Anthony and Philly. Follow me at Bob Michael CB. Make sure you check it out on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And we will talk to you on Friday.